Today is very special. We're going to go on a journey together. That's true. So <laughs> grab your passport, pack your bags, get yes. ready. In uh, the next several episodes, we're going to talk to you about the supernatural. Amen. I'm talking about the real supernatural. That's right. And as for 55 years, I have gone on these missionary trips. I've gone That's in very right. dangerous places, places where they're trying to kill me, places where they told me not to go. Right. Uh, and a few times, well, more than a few, I've taken pastors with me, Christians with me. A lot of times I just tell them, sorry, you can't go. This trip's too dangerous. I'm not, I'm right. not taking you. Sometimes they're illegal and I have to sneak in and out of country. So I, I'm not going to put you in that position. But, uh, but when I do take people with me, I usually give them some kind of an orientation before That's we right. leave uh, the states and yeah. tell them, here's what to expect. Uh, here's what I don't want you to do. There's some rules I have I don't want you to do right. uh, while we're there and things that I do want you to do. Now, if you go on your own trip, you can do whatever you want to. But this is my trip, my rules, and I've done this before. I'm not a rookie, and I've done this before. And most Christians really don't know where they are. They're really... And the supernatural. They're really not located themselves. Right. Uh, uh, spiritually. And so uh, it's like in, in Acts chapter 4, whenever Paul and, I mean, excuse me, whenever P uh, Peter and John had healed the guy at the great gate beautiful and got in trouble for that and got wanted to put them in prison, finally they let them go in, in, in chapter uh, 4 and verse, I believe it's 23, it says, when they were let go, they immediately went to their own company. And see, you, you have a company and you need to find out where that company is. And Brother Hagin used to tell us most Christians don't know who their company is or where their company is, but you need to know, uh, you need to locate yourself. And so uh, the next few episodes, we're going to get on a plane. We're going to hop to this country. Let's go to India. Let's go to Africa. Let's go here. Let's go there. And I'm going to talk to you about some do's and don'ts because we're, we're, we're not just going to teach some Christians or some kids in Sunday school or even a pastor's conference where we're all nice Christians we're dealing with. We're going to do open air crusades where we're fighting hell, where hell knows who we are. They know we're coming and we're going to be casting devils out of people. We're actually going into hell's backyard, the devil's backyard and rescuing people. And, and it's a fight. And so we're going to talk to you about that because you need to be prepared. You don't That's want right. to go ill prepared. And so many Christians are exactly not prepared for that. So stay with us. It's going to be a great several shows, and uh, I think you're going to learn some things, and, and, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Hello everyone, God bless you. Welcome today to More Than Conquerors program, Terry Mize Ministries. We are delighted you have joined us and we have been really talking to you about the supernatural power of God. And uh, we're gonna continue to do this for some more episodes and just talk to you about the way and lifestyle that all of us should be living. Today's modern day Christianity, uh, a lot of times, uh, kind of tones that down a little bit. We're not mad at anybody. We're just trying to help you get more out of life because if you don't have the supernatural working through your prayer life, through the, your confessions of what you're saying from the Word of God, um, the main thing is get your prayers answered <laughs> and see the power of God function in your life. Learn how to pray in tongues. Learn how to 
like like Jesus talked about binding and loosing and all of the apostles, uh, the prayer of intercession, all of these things, the prayer of declaration, prayer of contrition. Prayer all, of agreement. Yeah, prayer of agreement. I mean, prayer my petition. I mean, my goodness gracious, we, we want to petition God for things uh, and, and know that whatsoever things we desire when we pray, we believe we receive them and then we shall have them as we continue to say and That's speak the word said. of God. So, you know, it's all of these things of calling, as you've been saying over the last uh, three programs or four, today's the fourth one, is that we call in out of the supernatural the things that we lack. Faith works t like two places, two different things. It calls in what we don't have and it rebukes and dispels what we don't want in our life. Exactly. It's a it's a twofold mechanism in the realm of the spirit. So we've been talking about these things. We want to take you from not seeing those things over into the land of seeing those things, over into a place and, and a position in God where you're actually having your prayers answered. You're seeing the power of God. You're able to receive the miracles that you need in your daily life for your healing, for your finances, for your children's salvation, mm -hmm. uh, a better job, all of those things. But then more than that, it's that people see the miracles and you influence lost people to come into the kingdom of God. And that was the whole message that, <laughs> you know, that, that the Bible has taught from Genesis to Revelation. So well, we, well the, the Bible has, has revolved around, Old Testament and New has revolved around miracles that's and right. the supernatural. Yes. And yet the church more and more and more and more and more gets away from miracles. No, I'm here for right. Smith Wigglesworth. I have to look up who it was. One of the, one of the old pioneers <laughs> made the statement and said, said, men come up with titles right. to make up for their lack of miracles. No, that's right. Boy, isn't that the truth. Since I don't have wow. any miracles, I'll call myself a doctor, or I'll call right. myself a, you know, an apostle, or this or that or that. But, right. but Old Testament and New, it was always the supernatural and always miracles. In the Old Testament, you had raising the dead. Yes. You know, you had... You had all the miracles in the Old Testament. You had all the miracles in the New Testament. Right. And then all of a sudden, the church today, here we are today, the church is just watered down and watered down. You, you hardly find churches that lay hands on people on the sick anymore. Well, and, it, and I guarantee you there's people sitting out there in the audience that are sick. That are sick. When we were in a meeting recently and we were talking about how in the ministry of Jesus, the last chapter of the book of John says that, it, that there were so many miracles mm -hmm. done by Jesus that that the world could not contain all the things that he did in that three and a half year sure, ministry. Sure. I mean, when you think about the supernatural ministry. And he didn't ministry, do any miracles until he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Exactly. And that, so that left him, Terry, with three and a half years sure. that he did so many miracles yes, 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 in yes. his ministry that the world could not contain the books of all the things that he did. And yet today when we look at our lives or we look at the local church or we look at, at you know, Brother Big Name or whatever the ministry is out there that is the, the one of the hour, um, you know, uh, it doesn't have that same caliber of greatness to it. You know, some, some really serious and good Bible scholars uh, have made the statement that, that any given time in Jesus' life, of those three and a half years right. when he went into the ministry and started having miracles, that at any given time of the day, he'd have fifteen to 20,000 people around him. Oh, my goodness. So, therefore, yes. you can see how all the right. miracles he did couldn't get written down. Right. If it was just him and, the, and his staff, <laughs> you know, in three and a half years, you'd think, man, 
there's only how many miracles are listed in his ministry? You know, what is it, 37 yeah. or something like that? They're actually listed in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, but yet, if you figure that there's 15, 20,000 people around him all day long, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, well, then you can see that a lot of miracles didn't get written down. Well, they sure didn't. And we, we need miracles. I, I, I think you'd agree with that, that we need the, the miracles, supernatural. supernatural power of and God. That's what we've been talking about this, this yeah. whole week is that there is a parallel world right. that, that's the supernatural, that's the fourth dimension, if you want to call it. Right. Uh, and, and, and without teaching on it... We want to talk that, more about that. I, I, we do want to talk more about it later on, I don't think today, but I, I, I recently taught a message. Yes, you did. Uh, that just really turned people on, and, and, and you as well. Uh, awesome. about About how that... That parallel world is there. That fourth dimension is there, yeah, and then right. you, you people, then Jesus would step out of it into this one, and step out of this one into that one. Right. Angels would step out of it into this one, step back into it. Right. Uh, it's just like uh, it's like when the people got mad at Jesus and uh, and didn't like something he preached, so they took him to the edge of the cliff right. and tried to push him off. Push him and, off. and the Bible just says, and he passed through their midst. What do you mean he passed through their midst? I mean, you know, well, he disappeared. Yes. Oh, well, how did he disappear? Well, he just, they started to push him off and he just stepped into that dimension. He's gone. Yeah. Then he walked a little way and he stepped back out of it into this dimension. And and, oh, there he is. Same thing with Philip. And Philip was out there, you know, preaching. That's phenomenal. Uh, God told him to go out in the desert because there's a eunuch out there and needed yeah. to be ministered to. Right. And so he went out there and, and, and ministered to that eunuch. And then the Bible says, th- then Philip was found, you know, at Azotus. And it's like, well, how did he get there? Yeah, that's right. He didn't run. He didn't fly. He was transported or translated. Christians Trans- say translated. You know, Star Trek would have said te- me, teleported. Yeah, teleported. Kind of like to beam me up, Scotty. Right. And, and all of a sudden, he just he just was gone from the eunuch in the desert, and he appeared in this town and started preaching. So so how did he get there? Well, he he just God just stepped him into that into that other dimension into the real world, wow. and then stepped him back out of it again when he got to town so he could preach. Same oh, thing with John chapter 6 when it says that Jesus walked on the water and the boys were out there rowing, uh, you know, the fourth the fourth watch of the night, which yeah. is the most important watch of the night. That's 3 to 6 a.m. Uh, and that's also the, the time when all the satanic a- agents uh, are, are trying to get back home, you know, after <laughs> they've been doing their work all night, then they got to get back home. Wow. It's like the vampires trying to get back before yeah, daylight. Yeah, no joke. No and, joke. Uh, and so it says that he, when he went and got in the boat, the John chapter 6 says, I think 20, verse 21 maybe, it says that immediately, immediately, immediately. <laughs> that the ship so was at the place where they were going to go. Right. What do you mean immediately it was there? It was way out here in the water. They right. had only gone, they had only gone three or four miles. Right. Because it says they went, they, they said they had rowed for uh, five and twenty furlongs. That's three. That's three. Three to four miles, and then all of a sudden they're rowing and rowing, and the wind's blowing. It was a great wind, and the wind was blowing and blowing, and they weren't getting very far. And once he got in the boat, immediately there's at the land, and it says, "And the wind Astounding. stopped." And that's important that it says the wind stopped because that was what kind of boat was that? It was wind driven. So that tells you the wind didn't push it over there. Right. The wind had been blowing well badly. Oh, that's right. But when Jesus got in the boat, it said the wind ceased. So now there's no wind. Now the boat's not going to go anywhere. You know, Christians... Except he says, and the boat was found... At the other side. At the other side where they were going to go in the first place. If so people it was were reading that... Renee. It was yeah. translated. It, was, it went into that other dimension and then out again at the shore. 
And people can argue that all they want to, but that's what it says. Somebody reading that for the first time, they ought to be dropping their Bible saying, what? Exactly. I mean, the the shock of reading that in the Word of God, that's in the Bible, that 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 really happened. And yet Christians, by familiarity, things have just become dull and they're hard of hearing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a Bible story. That's a cute little Bible story. No, 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 that happened. I had a friend years ago, um, if I said it, you'd know it. They said they would never say Bible stories. They would say true experiences from the Word of God. And I love that. I've I've never forgotten that, that they're not Bible stories or myths, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or just fables. They're testimonies. They're testimonies and they're real experiences from real people of these things that happen. And yet we've like you ta- said back at the very beginning of the one of the programs we did, that Christians have gotten so desensitized by watching the spectacular, mm-hmm. you know, on TV, mm-hmm. and they're and watching and the sensational that they're not looking for nor studying or learning from the Word of God how to have real miracles. That's right. How to live in the supernatural because God realm. God doesn't do sensational or spectacular; He does miraculous. Yeah. And remember now, the first place to start on that is from the, get in the Word of God, learn what to say out of your mouth, go look at those miracles, and what did people say? What did they do? Exactly. What had they been doing? You know, and almost then all to my, begin to pray and see and believe God and learn those things. Most all my young life, teenager life in, in ministry, I've said, you, you know, people say, well, how do you get that understanding of the Bible? I say, well, I just always get in there with them. Yeah, right. I mean, I just go, I just go and get in there with them when Jesus was doing something, or the disciples were doing something. I just kind of get in there with them and walk around, and listen to them, you know, yeah. and see what they're saying and see That's what they're what doing. Meditating the Word of God is supposed to do. It's supposed to. You read the Word of God, you study the Word of God, but then the more you think about it and you and you see yourself, Brother Osteen used to say, see yourself walking down mm-hmm. those dusty mm-hmm. trails of That's Israel with the Lord about. I don't Jesus. Mean I actually stepped in there in the past. Yeah. I mean, but I, saw, I could just see myself. Okay, I'm. I'm right. I'm, there I'm, with I'm there. I'm there. There's yeah. times that I would have wanted to have been there. No joke. Other times I wouldn't have wanted to have been there. <laughs> no. There were some bad times. Right. Just soon, I'd just soon be home watching TV. You know. <laughs> well, the he, supernatural. But Brother Osteen would say that. Just said, just put yourself there. Put See yourself, yourself there. there. The the supernatural power of God and the ability to live in that realm is on the inside of us from the new birth and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All of these things have been given to us, the, the, tw- the nine gifts of the Spirit, the mm-hmm. nine fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. When, when we look at all of that power that raised up Jesus from the dead, mm-hmm. that's the power we're supposed to be living in. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, it's that, that supernatural realm is just right here. Exactly. It's right here with us. Exactly. And, and talk about some of those. Um, give us three or four of those examples when you were preaching on the other night about you know, I, I where did they get the oil? Where did right. they get the meal? Yeah, you know, I preached on where are you from? Yeah. Where right. are you from? Yeah. And y'all, I'm sure y'all can get that, that message from, from our office. But... Uh, I was just asking the people, say, you know, where did you, we read these testimonies in the Bible, right. which we call stories, right? And and we just blow right over them, right? Instead of stopping and think, wait a minute, how did that happen? Wait a minute, what was happening? <laughs> no, where, where, where did that? Where did that? Where, if what, I was what? standing there, what would I have seen? You know, Jesus said to the disciples there at the at the well in Samaria, He said, "Hey, I have meat you know not of." Well, what does that mean? Yeah. What 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 in the world does that mean? Well, there's that other world. God just would sustain him. And, yeah. and, and uh, he said to the lady that the well, he said, I'll, I'll give you water. Uh, that if you drink my water, you'll never thirst again. What? Yeah. That's some pretty hefty water. 
It but is. it comes from that other world. <laughs> no, he wasn't talking about, you know, right. bottled water like we have today. No, that's right. So you could sell sell bottled water. <laughs> you know. Yeah, as okay. soon as I said that I thought of my granddad. I thought yeah. I thought one day I I went in a little store and I was thirsty and I bought a bottle of water and it was smart water. The, the yeah. brand was smart. Right. And I looked at that, and when I got back in my car, I looked at that, and I said, smart water. I said, if I'd have, if I'd have come up to my granddad, he said, look, granddad, I bought some smart water. Yeah. He pop, made a box to my ear and said, what's wrong with you? Number one, you're buying water. You're paying for water when you go to That's right. drink out of the hose. Right. And, and, and you think it makes you smart? Isn't that something? <laughs> my, 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 my. You know, the, just, just the thinking of our generation has been dumbed down on so many levels, and in some probably unintentionally, and maybe from what we've been learning recently, a lot of things have been done intentionally. But yet, on the other hand, the Word of God is, is has been written and given to us in such a way that it's supposed to pull you out of a level of, of incompetence, out of a level of of just being very foolish and being a dullard about the things of life mm -hmm. so that you can wake up and realize mm -hmm. what's available to you and live on a much higher plane. Everything from Isaiah 55 where the Lord says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. His power is greater than our intellect. His ability to do what we need done when the doctor gives you a bad report or the bank account says, you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> and you've got to figure out that you don't have enough time in the natural, the clocks, the calendars, the decimal points. All of these things are working against you. Well, there's the super, making deposits the supernatural in your bank account in heaven. Yes. Then the bank account on earth isn't as serious. That's right. Because when you see a bad report in the bank account on earth, you can right. say, uh, Father, I need to make a, I'm going to need to make a withdrawal yeah, from my bank account in heaven. From my bank account in heaven. And that, and that whatever you've sown, God's promises are, are, are reliable oh, that we can receive from that unseen realm the things that we need. You know, we run in, in the earth, we run to and fro, and there's all kinds of commercials on TV about this financial guru and that financial guru and that financial guru and that financial guru. One reason they're a guru is because you buy their books and make them rich. Yeah. You know, that's how they know about finances. But that's God right. thought up finances. Right. God invented them. God yes, invented math. God, God knows more about money than yeah, anybody. anybody. And yet instead of us going asking God about it, right. we go ask Guru about it. But I was asking people the other day that message, where are you from? I said, you know, where, God, in Exodus 16, it says God fed the children of Israel yes. manna, manna and quail. Right. Well, I'm a quail hunter. Yes. I go out and walk into bushes and kick some bushes around, and a little covey of quail runs out, maybe eight or ten quail. Well, that's not too hard to think about. But there was two million Jews. Yeah, right. That'd be a big covey. <laughs> that's another grocery bill. <laughs> that'd be a big covey no, that's to right. feed two that's million right. Jews that's right. quail My and manna. And so I asked the people, I said, where did the, the manna come from? Yeah. Where did the quail come from? Nobody's ever thought about that. Right. They just think God rained it and it blew some, some wind blew from a wheat field over there. And, and there was, no, no, no. There was enough manna and enough quail well, to feed two million Jews well, over a period of years. Yes. It, I figured it up one time when I was years ago when I was in Mexico as a missionary. And I, and I, I think I figured it took something like 16 freight train loads to feed that many people for that many years. 
Can you, and, and yet God told them, so I'm only going to give it to you a day at a time. And they wanted to hoard it up. Do you know what would have happened if he had given them 40 years worth at one time, just dumped it on them? It would have killed them. But where did it come from? Yeah, no. It came from that other world. Here's the fourth dimension. Here's right. the heaven right. world. And it just came from there. Right. You know, where did the oil come from when the little widow woman was pouring oil? You know, and she went to the prophet and said, my sons are going my sons are going to be put in jail because my husband's dead and we owe these debts and they're going to put my sons in jail. Help, help, help. And he said, well, lady, what have you got? Yeah. And she said, well, I, I don't have anything. He said, no, you got to have something. God needs something to multiply. Right. God needs something. And she said, well, I've got a little bit of oil. Second Kings chapter four. I got a little bit of oil. Mm -hmm. He said, that's enough. See, she thought she had nothing and she had an oil well in her kitchen. Right. Well, where did it come from? Yeah. She had that little bit of oil. And so uh, the prophet said to her, well, go out and borrow pots and send those boys out to borrow pots. And borrow, he said, not a few. Isn't that borrow wonderful? not a few. Borrow all the pots yeah, you can God possibly do. God and so the Bible abundance. says then when she got all those pots and she didn't have any more, the boys quit bringing them and she quit bringing them. It says then she shut the door wow. and began to pour oil. She had that little bitty bit of oil. Can you imagine the faith it took for her to look at that room full of empty pots? And she's got this little bit of oil. And the prophet said, to shut the door and start pouring. Phenomenal. And she shut the door and started pouring that. And you know which pot she did first? The first one. <laughs> That's always the worst. <laughs> That's right. But she did that first one. Oh, my Lord, is it going to last? Is it going to last? Is it going to last? And it got full. Isn't that something? So Can she you imagine poured, what she saw? So she poured the second one. Yes. So she poured the third one. Yes. And finally, the Bible says when she ran out of pots... What happened? The oil stopped. What did I say on two or three programs ago? I said, when the natural stops, right. the supernatural stops. If you don't get the natural things right, the right. supernatural doesn't happen. Brother Hagen taught us that. Say that. What did Brother Hagen say about that? He Brother said, Hagen said the natural provides the platform for the supernatural. That's right. If you want the supernatural to happen, you got to get the natural right. That's right. And, and in regard to prayer... Uh, the, the getting the practical side of prayer together is take some time, set aside natural time to spend time in prayer and study the Word of God. And you can pray out your petition prayers in English and, mm -hmm. and your or your known language, and and then you can begin to pray in tongues as the Holy Ghost leads you. Let the Holy Ghost pray. But if you yeah, if you don't turn aside like Moses did to see why the bush is burning, if you don't take the time to turn aside and do that Where'd practical that come from? thing, yeah. I How mean, could a bush turn your burn off? without stopping? <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? Right. What kind of bush is that? That's just something else. I mean, I just. I but just anyway, marvel. she poured and poured and poured and poured, yeah. and when she got to the last pot, it stopped. She ran out. What if she'd had three more pots? She'd have got three more pots full. Yeah. What if those boys had brought in <laughs> ten more pots or a hundred more pots? That's she right. should have had those boys out there making pots. Endless supply. Because when the natural ran dry, right, then the supernatural stopped. Well, the, the natural the But where'd that oil come from, Renee? My, that's first. my question. Yeah. Where'd the oil come where from? Where'd the oil come from? It didn't come, out of, it didn't come out of her jar. Heaven never runs out. It came out of that other world. Because when she started operating in faith and pouring, yeah. then God tapped her into that other world yeah. to where there's no, the oil would have never run out if she'd kept having pots. So where'd it come from? Exactly. When Brother Hagen said that about you have to get the natural, you know, set right, and, and that is part of getting your house in order, setting aside time, giving God the time, 
uh, turning off the TV, doing whatever you need to do to have that time to go and prepare your, strengthen your faith mm -hmm. and pray in tongues, which will build your faith up on your most holy faith. Mm -hmm. And then read stories in the Bible that, that will encourage your faith to believe for the outrageous realm of the unseen. Absolutely. Because other people out there in the world are not living by that. They don't even think about it. And yet the church is the only hope for the world to show them what miracles Absolutely. look like. When Nobody Brother Hayden, knows about miracles but, but God and His people. Yeah. The devil doesn't do miracles. No. Those other gods don't do miracles. Take it from me. I know those other gods. Right. I've been to their houses all over the world. They don't do miracles. Well, Hudson, Only Jehovah God does miracles. Hudson Taylor said this, this other quote. He said, when you put the practical with the supernatural, then it will equal wisdom. Brother Hagen said, if you get the, the natural right, then it will, it, it will cause the supernatural to happen. So there is the practical, the natural realm that you want to get things in order. You want to help yourself think right by looking to the Word of God. You want to give God the time. You want to discipline your life to learn what to say, what the Bible says, and then you can begin to expect the supernatural. You move out of living a carnal, natural life over into living a supernatural, spiritual life. You know, every Christian in the world, including every Pack little Christian... bags. <laughs> every Christian in the world, including every little Christian kid... Right. Right. knows the testimony right. It's in all four Gospels, by the way, right. of Jesus feeding the multitude out of a little boy's sack lunch. Isn't that something? You know, anytime, anytime the Bible <laughs> tells you about a miracle yeah. in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right. you better read that about 600 times because he's trying to tell us something. Exactly. There's not very many miracles that are told in all four Gospels. That one's told in all four Gospels. Right. Right? And so... Uh, Matthew 14, Mark 6, John 9, or Luke 9, John 6. And there's a reason he told us that. But you, everybody knows that Jesus fed 5,000 men besides the women, besides the, the children, children, maybe 20,000 people out of a little boy's sacraments. Right. We all know the story. Everybody in the world that's a Christian knows the story, and many sinners know the story. But has anybody ever stopped and thought, where did that fish and bread come from? Right. He didn't come out of a little boy's sack lunch. No. That's right. Where did it come from? And, and, and they fed all those people. The Bible says they ate as much as they would. Right. And the Spanish Bible says they ate until they were stuffed. <laughs> and not only that, when they finished eating, they gathered up 12 baskets mm -hmm. left over. Mm -hmm. That right. didn't come out of that little boy's sack lunch. No. Uh -oh. Where the bread and fish Where did it come from? from? Where did it come from? Came from that other world. Came, yeah, that's right. Well, when, and, you know, when Jesus told Peter to yeah. feed him, I mean, told Philip feed him. Right. It says he himself knew what he would do. Isn't that wonderful? I think that's one he of the coolest mess, parts of He knew he was going to mess Philip's Jesus mind up. Jesus knew he was going to do that, and he just he's messed messing, up. He's messing with Philip. Hallelujah. And well, he knew he was going to mess him up, but then he said, "Now watch this." And he reaches over here of, in this reaches over here in this other world, <laughs> and all of a sudden, fish and bread begin to multiply. Wow. Well, we're running out of time. One Jesus time. fed 4,000. There were seven baskets full, uh, left over. He fed 5,000, and there were 12 Besides baskets. Besides the women, women and, children. and children. And so it's that supernatural realm that I, you need to look bug-eyed into. Where did you come from? You know, and just we're realize. citizens of heaven. Oh, my goodness, Terry. Isn't that the truth? Well, our time is gone for today, but we're excited. We could keep on talking here till midnight. But in the meantime, we want to remind you one more time that you are more, more than, than conquerors. conquerors. God bless you all. See you next time.
Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you. 